Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, welcome to Cop On Podcast. This is a Chelsea preview special. Um, a very, very warm welcome to you. I hope that whoever you are, wherever you are, um, you're having a good time and you're having a good day. I really, I really hope that. Um, I'm joined, delighted to be joined, by two Chelsea fans. So I've got Josh who's got a YouTube channel with a variety of football and NFL content, and everyone should check that out. The link will be in the description. And Alan's joining us. He's a, he's a Liverpool fan. Uh, regular listeners will know Alan's voice. Um, and also Samuel is joining us as well. And um, so there you go. Uh, Samuel, tell, us, tell our listeners about what you do, please, because you're a, you're a sports uh, broadcaster as well in Nigeria, right? Yeah, I work for uh, a local radio station here. That's, it's called Nigeria Info FM. It's based in Lagos in Nigeria. And um, I, work, I work with one of the biggest brands when it comes to sports casting. Uh, we are called Femi and the Gang. And um, basically, we just talk sports all day. We've got a regular show on a daily basis, uh, Monday to Fridays uh, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Nigerian time, and then the weekends, it's a real marathon from 12 noon to 9 p.m. We just talk sports. Weekends is more football because uh, league matches to be played all across Europe, especially in the Premier League, and that's our main focus. But um, that's basically it. I'm one of uh, one member of the gang. We are about 12, so it's a real big gang. But we just have fun talking sports football specifically beautiful it's a beautiful answer very good and you're a chelsea fan samuel how did you get into the blues well uh, yes i am proudly so i um i joined chelsea full-time or i started supporting chelsea full-time back in 2004 when jose Mourinho arrived at the club and uh, i've had my little affiliation with the club before then but i wouldn't say and at the time, I was, you know, as crazy as I am uh, when Mourinho arrived. But um, I think it's safe to say he brought that passion and that love even more for Chelsea. Uh, that's in 2004. So that's how long I've been a Chelsea fan. No regrets whatsoever. <laughs> well, you've lived through the glory years. You certainly have. I mean, that was a wonderful team back then with, uh, I remember, Makaleli, uh, Lampard, Terry, of course, Carvalho, brilliant player. Yeah, that was a yeah. super team. Certainly uh, was. <laughs> Absolutely. And Josh, how did you get into supporting the Blues, please? Yeah, no, I started supporting the biggest club in London. Um Back in back, I think it was back in two back back in two thousand and six. No, no, back in two thousand sorry, two thousand nine. Sorry, two thousand nine. Give my dates, my, my years mixed up. Um, I was only I was only like nine years old that year, and it was just one of those things where every time I turned Chelsea on, they were always on the TV, and I start I started I started obviously learning about Frank Lampard, Panacek, Sola, Diego Jabbar. Uh, there was even some players like you know Balak and Sanchenko, you know, some of you know, some of the really underrated players, or Fernando Torres. Just all these players you never really played for. So I started just learning about them and learning about the culture and about Roman Abramovich and all the amazing stories and under Jose Mourinho that we had, and obviously our champ, our Champions League win didn't follow too long after that against Bayern Munich. So it was just one of those things where it, it was just 
I just took a real interest in that club, but it's, it's, it's a very similar uh, story of the, the team I support in the NFL too. It's just, I, I just took a very big um, emotional connection to to that club, and ever since then, I've been following them for every for every year, and only get more and more passionate about them as the, as the seasons go on. Super answer, yeah, there you go, absolutely. Although you did mention Fernando Torres, bit of a sore subject for some. Uh, Alan, um, how did you start supporting Liverpool, Alan? Well, um, I'm a bit of a dinosaur towards you guys on. I, I started supporting Liverpool around 1979. Um, I grew up in a family with older brothers, and um, my older brother was getting me to follow Leeds. But um, one night I turned on the television, and we seen this team playing, and a player going up and down the wing and crossing the ball, who was Stephen Highway. And uh, red was my favourite colour. And just that night I just fell in love with Liverpool. Just I was lucky enough to grow up to see Kenny Dalglish. Alan Kennedy, Bruce Grobler. I've seen some great players growing up, so I'm a bit of a dinosaur towards you guys. (laughs) I wouldn't say that, but uh, no, absolutely. I think I started supporting the Reds back in 1988, uh, and it was also a winger. It was John Barnes, the mercurial John Barnes, who, um, you know, I I especially loved in the team. Uh, But there you go. Let's go back to the present, though. I mean, the season started. Samuel, um, you know, both Liverpool and Chelsea have played two. They've won two um, with a goal difference of plus five. How happy are you with the start of the season, Sam? Certainly, I'm delighted, I must say. It's been a a real cracking start to the season. Uh, Like you mentioned, the goals the teams have scored and, of course, uh, from a Chelsea perspective, the fact that... Um, up until yesterday, before West Ham United put four past Leicester City, uh, we were top of the table, uh, albeit it uh, by alphabetical order. Uh, but it's been a sensational start. Aside the points uh, garnered on, on the board, I think the way we've played and um, you know getting used to that tag as European champions and living up to the billing and performing the way we performed against Palace, and of course, more importantly, against Arsenal, dominant display from Thomas Tuchel's side. So it's been a sensational start. And as a Chelsea fan, I must say, I am really, really delighted for the start we've had and for the season that is also kicked off. So expectations have been absolutely met. That's lovely stuff. That's an absolutely super answer. Um, Josh, would you... Uh, you know, would you echo those sentiments? I mean, you beat you've beaten Crystal Palace, uh, you've, of course, three nil, Arsenal, two nil. Um, you could argue both relegation candidates, <laughs> uh, uh, like Liverpool beating beating Burnley and Norwich. Um, but how happy are you, Josh? I'm very, I'm very, very pleased. And I think one thing that's absolutely adamant for me is that this Chelsea team hasn't reached their full potential in terms of performances. But one thing I'm definitely seeing is that we're looking incredibly fit. Uh, we're looking at we're getting used to we're getting more and more used to the system. A certain players like Kai Havertz, uh, I thought Timo Werner against Crystal Palace. You know, these players are starting to just again get stronger and better, which only makes us an even more scary team. Against Arsenal, we were maybe a bit open, a bit more open defensively than what we would probably be used to uh, used to be doing. But I think we think that the structures there, the, the the ideas there, every man knows their role. 
uh, very different to you know when you're watching United against uh, when you're watching United under Solskjaer or um, Arsenal under Atleti. You know this Arsenal, this Chelsea team looks like they know what their roles are. It looks like they know the system. I do think there's a few more elements that um, are still missing. I still feel like we need to work on uh, decision making in the final third. Davies still needs to be a bit, a bit better, but Lukaku is going to massively help that. Um, I think maybe trying to move the ball slightly quicker between the uh, between the different parts of the pitch needs to improve because we do play we do play a bit slowly sometimes. But that, it takes a long time to play really really top good football. So we're we're moving in the right steps. The fact that we bet Arsenal defensively and we weren't by far at our best, especially we started the second half very sloppily, yet we still won that game comfortably on, on Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal had a shot on target, or if they did, it was only what well, they did. That's why they did have a shot on target, but uh, they, it was very, very minimal. Uh, so, you know, we went away to the Emirates, we controlled the game for most of it. Uh, we dealt with the pressure that they were always going to get at some point. And that's the sign of a true a, a true uh, team, and it shows a good mentality, a good preparation. And uh, Tuchel is doing everything right so far as a Chelsea coach. Well, come on, it was only Arsenal. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, uh, Alan, um, your uh, your thoughts on Liverpool's start to the season, please, Alan? Because you know, two two wins, uh, no injuries, which is kind of. A- Incredible, apart from Robbo, who should be back for the weekend. Uh, and of course, you know, the sad news about Fabinho. We send all of our love to his family. Uh, but, uh, you know, g- generally speaking, Alan, it's been a, a very positive start, hasn't it? Absolutely. It's been an amazing start, really. Um, I think it's the, the real positive about it is that the, the pre season we had, you know, everybody knows Klopp loves a pre season, hasn't had a chance to have one. I think all our players look fresh and hungry for the game and hungry to make up for last year. I think particularly particularly great to see Naby Keita get a few games uh, without without getting injured. I think he's going to get better and better. And uh, obviously, what can you say about Harvey Elliott? don't think he'll start this game, but possibly come on in the second half. And uh, really positive with our start, positive with everything. Costas as well. Like um, I, I think Costas starts this weekend. Andy Robson on the bench. I don't think you could drop him after the way he's played. And uh, as I said, I'm from the old Liverpool where the fellow with the short held onto it. And uh, I think Costas will start and if needed, uh, and he can come on the second half if we need to speed things up a bit. But I'm very positive. Great answer as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Costas shout. I'm not sure. I think for me, it depends if, you know, how fit Andy Robbo is um, after his ankle injury. But uh, I I would certainly not complain one bit if Costa starts because he has been absolutely super superb. Um, but let's go back to Chelsea. Uh, Samuel, of course, the big news, the big signing of the summer, Romelu Lukaku. Um, what difference? What are the main differences he's going to make to Chelsea? Uh, I mean, of course, he bullied. He bullied the Arsenal defence as well, but um, you know, sorry to, to you know insult Arsenal, but but they're really not not as good as they should be. Um, you know, are you expecting Lukaku to, to make a big difference in this game against Liverpool, Sam? Yeah, most certainly. I think if you sign for um, in excess of ninety million pounds, you certainly have to make a difference, especially in those big games. And um, like you rightly mentioned, I don't think Arsenal these days, I mean, just a couple of minutes ago, I saw online while reading an article, uh, it's no more the Arsenal, it's now Arsenal. 
Um, so he was always expected to make that much of an impact in that game at the Emirates Stadium. And uh, moving into the weekend game against Liverpool, I think it's a, it's a totally different one. He's going to have a lot more you know, presence alongside him in the box, and which is what I thought he had or what he's brought to Chelsea, the physical presence in the box last season with Timo Werner and sometimes Kai Havertz when Chelsea did play that um, default number nine or false number nine more like. Uh, you could always tell, you could always see that Chelsea don't have that physical presence like they do, you know, back in the days with Didier Drogba and um, the other strikers they've had in time past, Diego Costa as well when he was, you know, part of the Chelsea team. So that's what Romelu Lukaku brings and that's certainly something Chelsea have lacked, you know, under Frank Lampard and last season under Thomas Tuchel as well. So difference maker, I, I, I certainly hope so, but I think I'm not going to read too much into the Arsenal game again for reasons, like you said, the quality of the opposition Arsenal. It's not the same Arsenal we know. And then again, it's still early days of the season. I don't think one match, you know, tells me uh, he's the uh, going to be the biggest star, the biggest signing we're going to have this season. Uh, there's still a lot, of, a lot more games to play, still a lot more opponents. And it's for me personally, I think it's good uh, Chelsea get to play Liverpool so soon. So he gets to bring a different kind of feel and a different kind of challenge to Thomas Tuchel and to Chelsea because... Uh, going back to something I said earlier, the fact that they are regarded as European champions, or they are now European champions, brings a certain level of pressure, a certain level of responsibility, added responsibility to the team. And they need to rise up to the occasion and not just win football matches and win tournaments, but play well and dominate the opponents, especially these so-called rivals, this top six, top four teams as well, the Manchester United, the Liverpool's Man City as well. So Romelu Lukaku definitely does bring a lot of presence, uh, which comes from his huge confidence these days. Not the same Lukaku we saw at Manchester United, obviously benefited from his time in Inter Milan with Antonio Conte. So difference maker, I certainly hope he he will be uh, Owen, but um, for me, I still think it's early days. We should give him more time to settle in. He's had a brilliant, a sensational start to his Chelsea career at the second time. But I think there's a lot more to that Chelsea team, aside from Lukaku, that suggests to me that that would be the difference to Chelsea winning or achieving their targets for the season. Yeah, great answer. Absolutely. Of course, yeah, you've got lots of depth, lots of great quality all throughout your team and, and squad, of course. Um but you know, talk it. You you mentioned before a little bit about the the tactics, Josh. Um, I call it Tommy Ball. You, it's ruthless. It's effective. It's efficient. But to me, it's as dull as donkey diarrhea. Um, Josh, can you convince me otherwise that Tommy Ball is worth watching? I think um. Thomas Tuchel is not a defensive coach. That's one thing I'm absolutely sure about. And he does want to play on the front foot. But one thing that Thomas Tuchel has done incredibly well with this Chelsea team is he's played to the strengths of it. You know, I think about Maurizio Sarri. You know, Sarri tried to play a certain way with this Chelsea team. Uh, you know, with Ross Barkley. He tried to play with Ross Barkley in an attacking role. Pedro and Willian on the wings. It never really worked. Frank Lampard 
never Frank Lampard wanted to play a very aggressive style, but you could tell that this Chelsea team just weren't particularly capable. I again I, I know again we talk about it is only Arsenal and probably only was Crystal Palace, but it is very clear to see that we do try to play out from the back. We do try and move the ball incredibly quick. We try to get the balls out wide to the full backs and try and overload. But he's not he's not he's making the mistake. He's not making the mistake that Arteta's making or Solskjaer's making. He's not trying to play out from the back. Uh he's not trying to play from the back every single time. He's not trying to play ticky tack of football constantly because he knows that this team probably can't do it. You know, Jorginho is Jorginho's very key to how we play our football. Um, because uh, Kovacic, he's been Kovacic is still an incredibly good player, but he definitely hasn't been himself. Maybe the past few, the past few months, you know, Kante, you know, Kante on the ball isn't particularly great. So you're you're not particularly able to play through the midfield unless you do it all through Jorginho, which always is impossible in every game. So it, it's the fact that he just adapts. Uh, he's able to adapt to what he's got, and this is why people are. This is why you know. As much as it wasn't as big this year, we were. There was a lot of talk about us maybe needing to get Declan Rice, potentially maybe getting Saul from Atletico Madrid just for that aspect of an extra player, a midfielder who could play on the ball with Jorginho. So is, I, I don't think we're boring at all. I think we're conservative and, and to a certain extent, yes. But that's just down to who we play. You know, we've got very good ball playing centre backs. Jorginho, you know, Jorginho uh, is very good at dictating play. Uh, the, the, the wingers. It's just as I said. It's I think. We haven't had a coach yet for a very, very long time who's actually been able to come into the club and be able to set their style down. Sarri was only here for a season. Frank Lampard, I think, was too inexperienced to try and do that. Antonio Conte was obviously a very defensive coach. So we haven't really had much of a chance. Like like, like Klopp and Pep Guardiola have done... um, or Pochettino did his first to play an attacking style because it takes a lot of practice, a lot of intensity, and a lot of time to get used to, and also the right personnel. So I think it's a mixture of the two things. But that, the one thing I have seen in preseason, and the one thing I most definitely have seen in the first two games, very opposition of mine, but it's definitely that the, the football and the style is definitely improving. And I said it's just down to the personnel, but that's one thing that Tuchel has done, which Arteta and Solskjaer and other managers in uh, in the past have proved that ever prove that they've made the mistake is that you don't you don't play your style uh you don't play your style and force it on a team that can't do it thomas struggles not doing that he's playing to the strengths of the team and we're champions of europe because of it we've started the season well of it and i think this is probably the most positive atmosphere that's been around the club ever since we won the league on the conte yeah very interesting stuff you still haven't convinced me that it's entirely exciting to watch not like our dear jürgen's rocket reds alan um and i just wonder how this game's going to plan uh, going to pan out uh, tactically i mean the i can totally imagine Liverpool trying to, you know, when Chelsea do play it out from the back to, you know, they had to have the pressing triggers and to do the usual kind of, you know, try and win the ball back immediately if we lose it in attack and try and dominate as much as we can. Or if Chelsea are pushing us back a bit, get the ball to Virgil and he can ping one seventy yards. But in many ways, Chelsea have you know the the capability with Lukaku of going long. So when we are in it attack we have to you know just really look out for the for the direct long pass um i don't know what do you what do you reckon i mean would you 
just I don't know. Would you would you would you adapt any tactics to face the Tommy Ball threat, or would you just sort of play our usual game and uh, you know we're going to win anyway? It's only Chelsea. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we'll adapt uh, anything for it. I think um, if you were talking about this game last season, you would be very worried. But I, I, I'm not too worried about Lukaku. Um, he's a great player and he's going to score a lot of goals for, for Chelsea. I think he'll also make a lot of goals for, for the other players, you know, like Werner playing off him. But with Virgil van Dijk and Matip, probably, in my opinion, the two best defenders in the Premier League, I don't think we'll be worried about the long balls. Um, I think we will press them, force them to do a few long balls and just play our normal club football. I, I don't see any changes. It's going to be an intriguing game, all right, because I'd say Lukaku is a proven goal scorer, but when we're pushing forward, if Virgil wants to push forward, Matip is well able for him and vice versa. So I, I don't see much of a problem, to be honest. I like it. I like your confidence. And I agree, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, Virgil and Joel Matip have started the season extremely well. Um, but I do think Liverpool have have a few weaknesses. Um what well, a few, maybe one or two, because I'm really confident about our team. But um, Samuel, do, do Chelsea have weaknesses? I mean, imagine if you were, you know, doing giving a scouting report to uh, Jurgen Klopp about how he could how he could set up his team to beat Chelsea. I mean, what what are the weaknesses in this team? Are there any? I don't think there. Are too many weaknesses in the Chelsea side. Um, Thomas Tuchel has managed to make them very, very effective and efficient in all departments, um, even though it's still a work in progress for them. I mean, he's only been with that side less than, you know, eight months now, nine months, if I'm not mistaken. So there's still a lot of progress that is to be made with that side. But if you look at the team from last season, how they played and how they were able to achieve, you know, what they achieved being champions of Europe and the way they've started this season, three games now with the Super Cup victory as well over Villarreal in the mix. I think one thing I personally have been able to point out is still what we saw under Frank Lampard, not as much as we did under Lampard, but it's still there, which is the defence for me. I still think as much as they're great playing the back three, can always switch it to a back four sometimes they have that option of switching to a back four it's now pretty much a back three come back five when they have the ball it's a back three when they don't it's back five with the wing backs in Alonso these days and uh, of course Cesar Spilicueta or Reese James playing down the right hand side as well so the defensively is solid at the back but I think what I saw in the game against Arsenal in the second half and as well in the second half against Villarreal is the fact that players like Rudiger starting to lose a bit, lose a bit of concentration. You could see Astoli Quetta for all he's achieved and being so experienced with the Chelsea side. I still think if he's not playing alongside uh, the English fullback, that's a risk changes. That area of the pitch is always going to be something, a clever team. And that's my worry going into the uh, Liverpool game at Anfield. It's an area I'm thinking Jurgen Klopp is going to be exploiting. It's going to get uh, Sadio Mane or whoever down that left hand side to find a space in between Rich James and Cesar Spiliqueta if he plays in the back. And when they get in between those two, I think it's going to cause a lot of problems for Chelsea. Pacey wingers, creative wingers, split footed wingers are always going to get better for Spiliqueta. Though, to his credit, he's shown over the years that he's a very good defense, uh, defend, defender when it comes to the one on one. 
with uh, attacking players. So I think Rudiger on the left-hand side of the defense, I'm not saying it's a case of personnel. I'm just saying with Chelsea off of last season and this season, three games in, I've seen the fact that as the game stretches on, defensively, they start to lose a bit of concentration. They don't have Thiago Silva in there. He's not played any game for Chelsea this season. Christensen has been in the center of that defense, and he's been great. Young man playing, then marshalling that very, very important role for Chelsea. So because it's that sort of, you know, setup for Chelsea, I think if you get Salah, if you get money on one side, and you've also got Jota or Firmino, whichever the case Jürgen wants to play, I think Chelsea have got to worry about these guys and the fact that they always are going to apply the high press. Chelsea, again, defensively, when they try to pass out from the back, I think they always look so suspect. And if you've got, if you've got better players, I didn't realize and could have you know, exploited to the fullest. You've got players who can attack and apply the press. And probably, you're going to win the ball of Chelsea and you're going to cause them problems. So for me, for all the commendations they have in midfield with Jorginho and Kante and Kovacic sometimes, and the brilliance they've got up front with Timo, Kai, Mason, and Reese and Hakim, or wherever they play, they're brilliant going forward, and they're very brilliant going forward. I think there's still defensive issues that needs to be sorted, and Thomas Tuchel knows that. I'm sure he's looking at that. That's why we're hearing talks of Jules Kunde possibly coming in there to fill in for Cesar or Reese, whichever the case, but I still think defensively Chelsea are not 100%. And Liverpool are going to explore that come Saturday at Anfield. Yeah, really intriguing stuff. It's a great answer. Would you agree with that, Josh? That that's the you know the best avenues to attack are you know maybe the left-sided centre back or between the right-sided centre back and the right back. I do agree. Yes, um, I do think the full-backs for both teams, or the wing-backs for us, and the full-backs for both, very very key in this game because. As, I, as I've kind of already kind of said in my previous um, little thing, that the midfield for Chelsea isn't where chances are created. And it's exactly the same for Liverpool. I do expect Klopp to maybe go with a bit more of a defensive middle frame. Maybe you'll probably see Thiago, Henderson, uh, Milner, or something along those lines. I won't, uh, probably, missed, probably missed a midfielder in there somewhere. Um, but I expect, oh sorry, Fabinho, yeah, Fabinho, I knew him as someone. Um, Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago will maybe probably be the middle three that plays against us. So, you know, the wing-backs are going to be the, are going to be the keys, you know, they're going to be the ones who are going to be able to advance the ball, you know, in, into the into the final into the final third a little bit more. Maybe try and open up that space for the attackers because the midfields are going to be very rigid, uh, especially when we have Kante, uh, Kante on our behalf. So the full-backs are going to be incredibly key. And I think Mason Mount, I think Mason Mount's going to be the other very incredibly. Um, I think Mason Mount's going to be the other very key player for us because I feel like him, I feel like him trying to open up the pockets of spaces, trying to trying to advance the ball and play into and play into Lukaku is going to be very very key for us. It's something he did very well at Anfield on our last visit. Baron, it was a whole different scenario with like the fans and Liverpool not having their full team out, but I do think those are the two very key elements for us in this game. Um, and I don't I think another thing I would say just on that note with the fullback, I would start Chilwell over Alonso in this game simply for the defensive aspect, a bit more pace. Chilwell's a bit better defensively than Marcus Alonso. Um so that would be my uh, would be something I would definitely do for this game against Liverpool. Yeah, very, very good answer as well. Thank you very much. It's 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 very intriguing, isn't it? I've got a few stats in front of me um about both teams. Uh Chelsea according to 
Um, whoscored.com, they have one weakness, and that's aerial duels, and the rest is just all strengths, especially shooting from free kicks, creating long shot opportunities. Those two things are very, very strong, according to uh, whoscored.com, but also quite intriguingly, both teams have scored five goals, four from open play and one from a set piece. Um, and both teams like to attack on the sides. So Chelsea, they attack 39% down the right-hand side, 35% down the left-hand side, and only 26% down the middle. Whereas Liverpool um, attack 41% down the right-hand side, uh, 31% down the left-hand side, and 28% in the middle. So basically, it's 72% down the wings for Liverpool, and it's 70... 74, God, yeah, mathematics, 74% uh, for Chelsea down the wings. They love attacking down the wings a little bit more than we do. But for Liverpool's weaknesses, according to whoscored.com, are basically that we make individual errors. Uh, avoiding individual errors is a problem for Liverpool. And also stopping opponents from creating chances. Um, would you agree with those two things, Alan, are, are weaknesses for Liverpool? Avoiding individual errors and stopping opponents from creating chances? Uh, yeah, but I don't think we'll have that problem this weekend. I, I think we'll have Fabinho back this weekend, which will, which will sort that out. Um, I also think he'll start with Hend Henderson, and this is a toss-up between Keita and Thiago. But, um, I think he'll be more aware of it against better opposition in Chelsea. So... I think, yes, Fabinho's going to be in as a defensive midfielder. Well, yeah, OK. Um, but who who would you pick out of Keita and um, and Thiago, and why? I think I'd go with Thiago for, for, for two reasons. One, I, I think he'll open up the play better for us. Um, two, I think Keita could just do with a rest. Um, he's played fantastic. He hasn't played this many games in a long time, so I think he could do with a little rest. I think um, Thiago is the type of player we need against the Chelsea that will keep them guessing, give us more control in midfield, more passing balls. And uh, then again, up front, then you have the choice of Jota or Bobby. That's another question I'd have. I think if we start with Jota, you're going to see us attacking flat out for 20, 25, 30 minutes. I think if we start with Bobby, Klopp is thinking more defensively, uh, but Bobby holding up the ball and stuff and the press. But... Um, Fabinho being back is the main thing that, that would cut out some of their mistakes, I think. Yeah, lovely answer. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Klopp's got options. That A few journalists have put put the question to him, you know, is it a headache now? You know, for example, the left-back situation that we mentioned before, and Klopp said, no, it's never a headache. It's only a headache if you don't have a left-back, you know, which is a great answer. <laughs> so he's not one of these who thinks of, uh, you know, being spoilt for choice is a problem. Um, and I like that. Um, makes me want to go to a, the sweet shop with Jürgen and, you know, see, you know, enjoy the all of the sweets. But anyway, sorry, I'm digressing. I'm off on a tangent. Let's go back to uh, to this game. Yes, this game. Predicted lineups. Uh, Samuel, uh, who would you think uh, Tommy is going to pick on Saturday? Yeah, obviously it has to be Edward Mendy, even though I'm a big Kepa Ritolaga fan. I was hoping off of the performance in the Super Cup, he would get a lot more looking from Thomas Tuchel, but that seems like a very, very distant possibility. And I think he knows it as well. It's going to be very, very difficult to use up 
uh, Edouard Mundy at this point. But certainly Edouard Mundy in goal. And um, as expected, I think it's going to be a back three. Christensen, Andres Christensen at the center of it. Cesar Spoliqueta on the right-hand side of it. And Antonio Rudiger on the left-hand side of it. Then the uh, full-backs or wing-backs. Uh, I think, unlike uh, Josh, I think I'll still go with Marcos Alonso. He's had a brilliant start to the season uh, for obvious reasons because uh, Ben Chiwell's had extended break from European Championships and he's come in and he's done what Alonso, you know, typifies and what he knows how to do. Not the best going, you know, defensively, but going forward, he has, he definitely adds a whole lot of, uh, you know, attack and threat for the Chelsea team going forward, could come up with set pieces, set piece goals like we saw against Crystal Palace and of course get in the box and get on the end of headers as well. So Alonso for me and then uh, Reese James, on the other on the other side of it for the middle of the park uh, i mean again i'm not a big Jorginho fan but uh, the numbers don't lie and he's obviously pivotal to the way chelsea play which is control possession hold on to the ball and pass 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 your opponent to death you know pass them out of the field so Jorginho and conte hopefully stays fit and gonna be you know very very crucial for me against liverpool so that's my midfield, Jorginho and Conte, even though Kovacic has also been brilliant, you know, when he's coming uh, like he did in the game against Arsenal. Up front, that's where the problem is. Um, if he decides to go with a flat front three, which is not going to happen if you know Thomas Tuchel, uh, Lukaku's had a brilliant game against Arsenal, so he's obviously shooing to start up front ahead of Timo Werner, but... Oh, and I will go with, uh, in the game against Arsenal, he had Mason Mount and Kai Havertz off of Romelu Lukaku. But I think I will go with Romelu as the front man, Mason Mount for his energy on the right-hand side, and Timo Werner on the left-hand side of Romelu Lukaku. Because I think for what we need against Liverpool are players who could be able to run, 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 and never stop running with a whole lot of a whole lot of energy to get in behind this Liverpool defence and try to get on the end of passes. Mason Mount offers that and Timo Werner for all of the criticisms he's received, you know, about not scoring goals. I think sometimes you look at the way Chelsea playing, he's always quick to make the run, always, you know, looking to be on the front foot, but sometimes the pass is delayed and he's hit one second, you know, late and he runs into an offside position and all that. So I think I will go with uh, Romelu and Timo Werner and Mason Mount as the front three. So that gives you the perfect blend of strength in Lukaku and, of course, pace and industry with uh, Timo Werner and uh, Mason Mount off of him. He's going to hold on to the ball, and I think he's going to give a difficult time to Virgil van Dijk and Co in defense. Virgil, for me, still doesn't look 100% yet. Not the same Virgil we knew from last season. And obviously, I mean, we have to give him time to get back to that form. But I think it's the perfect timing to get Romelu to... He's going to fancy that battle all day, every day, you know, up against Virgil van Dijk. And that's going to be the key battle for me in this game. Romelu Lukaku against Virgil van Dijk. Those two are going to have a real go at it. So that would be my predicted 11. Romelu, Timo Werner, Mason Mount up front. Jorginho Conte in the middle of the park. Alonso and, of course, Reese James down the flanks. Uh, Kai, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rudiger, uh, Christensen, and of course, Cesar Spiliqueta and Edward Mondingo. I think with that starting 11, 
we have more than a chance of getting more than a point at Anfield. That's a fantastic answer. And it's a brilliant team. Um, Josh, you know, the big calls there. So, I mean, you know, Samuel disagreed with, with you at left back. That's totally fine. No fighting. No fighting, Josh. Um, but, you know, going you know, in front of that in midfield, Jorginho and Kante. Uh, and the big calls up front, Mount and Werner to go uh, alongside Lukaku. Would you agree with those calls? Yes, I do agree. So just, I wouldn't fight for a also, yes, Maddy obviously does play in goal. As of a as the right centre-back, Christensen as the uh, middle centre-back and Rudiger as the left centre-back. I feel like Christian, Christian, Christensen and Rudiger were very, very good at doing against Arsenal was kind of um, kind of being that last man, you know, kind of running onto the ball, using their pace, doing incredibly well to own recovery runs. So that's something we'll, definitely, we'll desperately need against Liverpool at times. Um, yes, three teams are right back. I, I will stick with Chilwell well at left back for. I just think he's a bit better defensively. Don't get me wrong, you are completely right on what he said. Samuel you know, Alonso has had an incredible preseason and he's in his own really, really good form. But I just don't think, I think he's more suited to the likes of a Crystal Pass or an Arsenal when you're, on, when you're chasing them. Rather than, I feel like against Liverpool, it's going to be a very 50 50 game, and Alonso typically we've seen has struggled in those types of games. I would have bring Candy back into the team for Kovacic. Candy has to play this game against uh, uh, with Jorginho. It's a match made, it's a, it's a partnership that has had very, very, very little downsides to it um, so far. And then I would bring, I would start Kai Havertz uh, with Timo Werner because I think Timo Werner's pace against Liverpool is going to be very, very key. And if if Lukaku can if Lukaku can hold up the ball just as well as we know he can, he could you know he could get Timo Werner in behind quite a few times. It was something that did work very well at Anfield last year. Um, Bear was in a, it was in a different style, but you know the, the idea is pretty much the same. So. That would be that would be my team. I feel like it's a team very capable of getting our assault. Uh, and the thing of the players that come off the bench, Callum Hudson Adoy, you know, you got you got you got Hudson Adoy, Hagen Siak, um, you know, obviously people such isn't gonna be there due to COVID. I was you know, you know, having having Siak, you know, having Siak off the bench, having Kovatic off the bench, having Hudson Adoy off the bench, guys who could come off the bench incredibly incredibly easily and uh, create chances, um, keep the level of performances exactly the same. It's a, it's a very it's a very big blessing to have and um it's 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 an exciting game for sure like could really go either way two teams very evenly matched so far and um it's it's just hope that it lives up to expectation and doesn't end up being a, an absolute bore fest obviously Owen you uh, not a very big fan of all of those yeah I mean I'm I'm a big anti anti football guy and the thing that that annoys me about Tommy Ball is that you know he's always you know, as Samuel said before, you know, passing people to death, he just passes teams into areas where they don't want to press, they don't want to go, and then Chelsea will keep the ball there and knock it forward. There's no space, so they knock it back into those spaces, and it's a bit like, I don't know, cat and mouse, but I don't know if the cat and the mouse are on Valium. I don't know. Alan, um, the bookies say... Liverpool are six to four favourites for this match, with with a draw at five to two, and a um, a loss or a win for Chelsea at two to one. So I'm just wondering, really, Alan, if you know you'd be you'd take a point. You know, would you be happy enough with it with a with a draw? No, I don't think Klopp's going to think that way. I think he's going to go for the win. You know, I think he's going to start with his best team. He'll start with Ali and Gold, obviously. Trent, Matip, Van Dijk. And I know you disagree with me, but I think Costas is going to keep his place. Fabinho, Henderson, 
Tiago, Mo Salah, Jota and Mane will start and I think he's going to go for the win. Uh, obviously at the end of the 90 minutes I might be happy with a point but I'd be disappointed if we went out with that in our mind. I think we're a team that's built to go and win, win games and I think that's what we should do. Um, going, going out looking for a pint would be um, counterproductive to the way we play. Oh yes, I agree, I agree. I don't think we should be we should be looking for a point. But you know, yeah, maybe we would, as you say, depends on how, how the game pans out, maybe we would accept a point. Yes, I think for me I would at this stage, early doors. Um, a loss would be would be pretty disappointing. Um, but there you go. Um, what about you guys? Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say, Josh, back to you. Would you be... Would you be happy with a point at Anfield? It's a really, really difficult one, do you see? Because I do want to sit here and say no, obviously, because, you know, for us to be title challengers, to be up there fighting for the league, we need to absolutely, we need to absolutely be, you know, winning these types of games. But I do keep in mind that Liverpool are fully fit again. Van Dijk's, you know, at centre-back, which is a massive boost, not just to the fact that they're better defensively, just to the whole team in terms of its leadership on the pitch. And then you also have to keep in mind that Liverpool's record, obviously taken away from last season because there's no fans, Liverpool's record with fans at Anfield is ridiculously incredible. And I don't think, you know, the last time Chelsea bet, Liverpool downfield was um, in the Carabao Cup under Sarri when um, Hazard and Emerson scored. That was the last time he bet them, and obviously it was you know the Carabao Cup, uh, you know competition. Not, not you know not too many people would lose sleep over. So it's um it's difficult because for for that reason I feel like I would take a point. Obviously it all depends on how the game obviously how the game actually pans out itself. But initially looking at the fact that going away to one of the toughest grounds in English football or maybe European football, as we've kind of seen over the, over the past few years in the Champions League. I probably would take a point, but I don't want us to play for the point. So it's, it's, it's more the fact that I do want us to go ahead and win it. I do want us to go in and attack the game. I do want us to be you know smart about it in that sense. But if I could take a point, I would absolutely take it because um, three, you know, three games into the season... You know, seven points, a point away to Liverpool, get that game out of the way, a good point, I feel like would probably be very, a very good start to the season. Um, but of course, I do want us to win the game. I hope we do go out to win the game. But if if you, if, if I went away to Anfield and got a point, I wouldn't particularly complain unless we were like completely dominant and just had one of those days. Yeah, a lovely answer. I mean, the historical... Um, Premier League games at Anfield just to go through the list of course the last one uh, Chelsea won the last one in, on the 4th of March or in the middle of our crisis uh, before that in, in um, July 2020 Liverpool won 5-3 and then going back in time from there it's 2-0 Liverpool 1-1 1-1 and 1-1 going uh, um, all the way back until the 11th of May 2016 um, so it's been three draws uh, two wins for Liverpool uh, one win for Chelsea in the last uh, however many matches that is six. Um, Samuel, would you take a point? Um, again, like uh, Josh said, it all depends on the way the game goes. I mean, if you go, uh, Anfield is always going to be a very, very difficult ground to go to, and Chelsea not really known for winning too many games at Anfield, especially in the last uh, six, seven years. If my stats are correct, I think the dominance was during the Jose Mourinho era. That was when uh, they had that dominance over Liverpool. But it's been very, very difficult, even though they do have a very good record 
against the reds but it all depends on how the manager sets up his team if, if it looks like he's going to be slightly defensive then i think a point will be very okay even though it's going to be disappointing but if he goes you know to attack liverpool which again i think should be the case if you're the champions of europe i don't think you should fear you know be too cautious of every of any opponent you play against regardless whether it be home or away should always go with the intention of winning football games or football matches wherever they are played so he goes with an attacking mindset through his setup and you know chances are created in the game and you know you could see dominance from Chelsea. I think it's gonna be disappointing if they if they don't come out with the three points. Back to back London derbies and a game against Liverpool away from home is a very, very difficult start to the season. I think everybody would say, regardless of whether you be champions of Europe or not. But again, uh, at the end of 19 minutes, I like to evaluate games and say, did he go with the mindset of winning? Did we have opportunities to win the game? And if if all of that are checked, then I think a point can be taken, especially because it's against Liverpool and it's away from home. Well, this is super stuff. It's all set up for an absolutely terrific match, isn't it? As you say, both teams will be going for the win. Both teams will have the mentality of champions, not least because both have won the European Cup in very recent seasons and uh, both have won the Premier League in very recent seasons and both have had a great summer. Liverpool with all the pre-season work and, you know, the, the players back from injury and, and, and ready and fired up and players having signed new contracts and they're generally be, being a good feeling in the camp. And Chelsea, of course, uh, riding uh, the wave of being European champions, adding the brilliant Lukaku to the team. So it's going to be an absolute corker. I predict a nil-nil. Um, thank you very much, Alan. Thank you very much, Josh. And thank you very much, Samuel. It's been a real pleasure talking to you all. And, uh, you know, may the best team win is all I can say. Thank you. Thank you very much.